It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby. Intern Jaws, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. And... First time guest on the pod, Noah Garner, host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Of course. Enjoy seeing around the studio a lot more. and You're doing a good job with uh, the new show there. So we'll chat more about that in a bit. But obviously, you're talking about similar stuff that I am. A ton of, um, a ton of coaching news happening uh, seemingly every day at this point. Right. And it's just... There was a major news dump over the weekend, like a 48-hour period of Saturday and Sunday where we saw, and including Friday as well, so I guess a little bit longer than that, but including all of these new coaches being hired, four new guys, which I've separated out now. The the most recent position group hires, that being Carnell Williams, Zach Etheridge, Jeff Schmetting, and Brad Bedell. Schmetting's a great name, by the way. Right, Schmetting. And playing that so, linebacker so coach. So like, Schmetting. Schmetting. Right. And, and, and when I look at that group, I'm separating that group from the initial group of hires that were made at Auburn. And there's something that is there, – there's just a stark contrast between the two groups. Okay. And one group is super experienced when it comes to Southeastern Conference-like activities, recruiting and development of trying to develop players at a high level to be able to complete to be able to compete in the SEC. The other group, not so much. They're, honestly, of that second group, which I've already mentioned, Carnell Williams, Zach Etheridge, Jeff Schmetting, and then um, Brad Bedell, the most experienced guy in that group in terms of Southeastern Conference experience in terms of development and recruiting is Carnell Williams and he's only been at Auburn for two years right you look at the other group that I'm talking about when you're talking about Will Friend Mike Bobo and Derek Mason the first group of hires that were lumped together late last week as well on Thursday or so those guys have years of experience in the Southeastern Conference and and that kind of Kind of makes it feel like some of the momentum's been let out of the hires for me. I'm not as excited about this second group that has been brought in as maybe I was about the initial group, which I know that may draw the ire of some folks out there who may be excited about this last group. And I'm not saying this; these next four guys that have been hired won't work out. I'm just saying there there's more. I'm more cautious about this group than I was about Mike Bobo and Derek Mason. I thought th- I thought that those were solid hires for Auburn moving forward. I loved the schemes that were being brought to Auburn. I loved their experience in terms of being on the recruiting trail, more so Mike Bobo than Derek Mason. But in terms of schemes, I was more excited about Derek Mason than Mike Bobo. This group, though, the only guy that has experience in the Southeast or substantial experience in the Southeast is Carnell Williams, and his only track record is Tank Bigsby. And that's a pretty great track record, but 
it's only Tank Bigsby. And I'm, I, I would kind of love to see with a, with a guy like Brian Harson coming from outside the southeast and parts unknown, Boise, Idaho, you know. that I, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about that hire. I think that's a great hire for Auburn. But you can't have inexperience coming from the outside of the southeast with Brian Harson, and then also inexperience on his south in terms of being unfamiliar with the southeast. Mm-hmm. And so pumped about Brian Harson coming in, but you can't have a lack of experience also on his uh, amongst his position groups. It seems like he's setting up for things to not necessarily be great year one, but maybe year two or three down the line. I think this is going to be a very slow build. You know, he talked about this with his press conference. You know, you can do it quick or you can do it right. Uh, he may have said that with his conversation with Andy Burcham. I'm not sure, but I've heard him say that before, and he quoted his dad when he said that. And I think that's his mentality as far as building up this program to where it needs to be. Because he came into a situation where it's, and we talked about this before on Locked on Auburn, it's like how attractive of a job was Auburn? Because you got to go up a lot of, against several giants, one on the field, two off the field as far as recruiting, and reports coming out about like how dysfunctional and how unorganized all these different things were throughout the program just because that's just the way it was with, you know, Malzahn as far as recruiting and the strategy behind all of it and then the delegation of tasks to different people throughout the staff. And I think you're seeing a major change of culture here. And I think Harson probably cares about culture more than he cares about recruiting. And you see that. He's bringing a lot of his Boise State guys with him. Now, I think, as far as everything you're saying, and, and, and I, I don't disagree with your skepticism for some of these hires from a recruiting standpoint, but I think what they did on the field, I think it's fine. Sure. Um, I think you're undervaluing the impact in recruiting Bobo and uh, and Derek Mason are going to have. I'm curious about Derek Mason more so than Bobo. I think Bobo's going to have is going to play a huge part. You can go and listen to any of my shows that I've done last week. I think Bobo's going to play a huge yeah. part in recruiting. I, th- I think that that was more so of a recruiting hire if we're talking about ideologies behind these hires than maybe even a scheme hire because the track record for Bobo right now offensively over the last five years is not necessarily a great one in the Southeast. I'm not going to fault him for what happened at South Carolina, but that's that's a big part of why I think people are not as pumped about Bobo maybe as they were about Derrick Mason, whereas Derrick Mason's a great schemer, great developer, uh, great developer of underused talent, a great developer of Vanderbilt talent on the defensive side of the ball. Some people might call me out for that because, you know, where were they at statistically? But it's Vanderbilt. He got the most out of that side of the ball. They weren't awful statistically on defense. They just didn't win a football game. Exactly. The thing about Derek Mason is, although he's got the inroads recruiting-wise with all these schools, he does. He knows the coaches because he's recruited around here. He's recruited a different type of of tier of player at Vanderbilt. He hasn't had to go toe-to-toe with the Alabamas and the Georgias and the LSUs and the Clemsons in this area in the Floridas but he's been able to get the two or three stars and he's pumped some of them into the NFL sure and and I think that's something and that's kind of the biggest argument for Harson while he always was having the most talented guys throughout the Mountain West in the grand scheme of college football like not super talented but Boise State's getting guys drafted every year and so I think that's something that's really stood out to me is they've been able to do more with less and Auburn is going to have to do that to compete with Alabama and Georgia, Florida, LSU, Texas A&M every year. That's just who they're going to have to be. All of these hires to me also, they're all very focused. They're all very straightforward. They're all very keyed in. 
They're football guys that don't take crap from anybody. Sure. And, and I love that. There's no flash. There's no pomp and circumstance right now, I, I don't feel like, with any of these hires. I think that And, and all... I feel like that's what Auburn fans and the Auburn program has been chasing for so long, sure. is the flashy, gimmicky stuff. They're getting hard-nosed dudes that are going to work, and they're going to beat you on the field. That, that's just the yeah. vibe that I'm getting from this. I had a show last week where I said, People were deceived by the speed when it when it came down to Anthony Schwartz. And Anthony Schwartz isn't the only guy that I, I think fits into this category of Auburn fans maybe falling in love with something that's got flash, right? I mean, people love Sean Shivers because he knocked Isaiah McKinney's head off. You know, Sean Shivers is not a number one anywhere in the SEC at running back. I love that guy because he knocked off Isaiah McKinney's head, yeah, right? Yeah, th- that image will be in Auburn lore and in Auburn restaurants for forever. Correct. And, and as, as it should, it should be. be, right. Yeah. But Sean Shivers isn't a number one back in the league, and and he shouldn't be a number one back at Auburn. He's had, at times, to have to carry that load. Thank goodness for Tank Bixby's emergence at the running back position, or else Auburn would be in major trouble going into next year. I think they are in major trouble with just the two of them. They're, sure. They need help. As we wow. record this on Tuesday afternoon, they need help at running back. And then J.J. Pegues, another guy. I mean, I'm not picking on tons of fun. Uh, I love him, too. It's fun to see that guy get squared up on a defensive back. And then I would love to have a zoomed-in camera on cornerbacks' faces when they see J.J. Pegues running at them full speed, squared up, because he's untackable at that point. But still. I, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't think you're going to see stuff like that with Harson. No. If J.J. Pegues lines up at Wildcat with Harson, I would be really surprised. I mean, I could totally see them, you know, the, what the parts of the offensive coaching staff that have already been assembled. So I guess it'd be him and Will Friend at this point and Mike Bobo. I, I can picture them watching film and they get to that play and they're like, what in the world is happening? Well, it seems like a lot of trouble to get J.J. Pegues, you know, five to seven yards, you know, on a, on a just – and there's a lot of setup that goes into J.J. Pegues and other players being able to do those things effectively for only five to seven yards. Like, Malzahn has to set up that play with Pegues with several motions – throughout the ball game and several run plays throughout the ball game just to get the play action pass look to be able to throw it to an open JJ Pegues. Yeah, I mean there's a reason and I know Auburn fans love JJ Pegues and we're probably going to get some flack for this, but it's just the the whole 300 pound tight end thing, like there's a reason you don't see that anywhere. There's a reason Correct. and it's it, it's gimmicky and I that's not who Harson Nope. Is I want to get your thoughts on something Derek Mason related in just a second. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. I actually had uh, a box of Built Bars arrive at my home earlier this week. I ordered the. I got an email in my inbox and it was for dark chocolate cookie dough, and I'm like, I gotta try that. So I ordered some, and uh, they're they're great shipping and quick shipping and handling and all that. They uh, they always take care of folks and let you know when it's. When it's in, in route and when it's delivered and all that good stuff. So all these bars are covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And they've got 18 amazing flavors. And then they've got special flavors that come in and out, like the one I just mentioned, the, the dark chocolate um, cookie dough. Very good. And the bars are healthy. They're great for you. And they uh, they taste like a candy bar. So you can't beat that. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your order. That's BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off. You will not regret it. It's the health-conscious person's dream. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, 
or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Noah Gardner. One of the things that I think is interesting about the hire for Derek Mason is he runs multiple fronts. We saw him run, you know, three fours. We've seen him run four threes. And something that's been interesting to me as I look at more and more stuff that he did at Vanderbilt and some stuff that he did at Stanford is when you run a three four, you've got to run a lot of two gap responsibility stuff. And that's harder to do. One, you've got to react quicker as defensive lineman. Two, you really need a nice nose guard that can handle that kind of load and that kind of responsibility that's very large and athletic. And then you've got to be responsible for two gaps. And I'm just not confident that Auburn has the personnel to do that day one in this Brian Harson era under Derek Mason. They don't. It, it, Auburn fans need to be patient one of the most important things that I can say right now about the future of Auburn's program to Auburn fans, because we know how riled up they've been over the last couple of years. I know you don't want to be patient anymore because you had to be patient with Gus Malzahn, but you got to be patient right now because there are scheme changes on both sides of the football taking place right now. And Auburn just flat out doesn't have the personnel, especially on the defensive side of the ball to effectively right off the bat be operating at peak efficiency to the degree that Derek Mason would want that defense to be able to operate. Now, if they go 4-3, which he's done at Vanderbilt, and there's games where they do all kinds of things, I, uh, I'm i more confident in year one stuff when they go 4-3. Sure. And the big difference, for those who are unaware, so in a 4-3, it's more of a single gap control type thing where you'll see the defensive linemen line up in gaps. They'll line up in spaces between the offensive linemen. And when you go two gap, you're typically more head up and you'll have a priority gap that you go to first, but you're also responsible if it goes backside. So you've got to be able to position yourself, win leverage with the opposing offensive lineman and be able to fill both gaps whenever needed, depending on what uh, what's happening offensively. So it's just, you got more going on. And I think when you look at, like, I think Colby Wooden can handle it. Derek Hall, I like him as a pass rush standpoint and a penetration guy, but your penetration guys are typically more of your your four three stuff because you want to cause disruption in the backfield because you can go upfield. You're not responsible for that other gap, so you can just fill that one gap, and it doesn't matter how far upfield you go. So I'm in love with Zykevis Walker for this scheme. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. A little bit larger, um, larger size there. So yeah, I think he could be a five technique line straight up on the tackle and be able to control the inside and outside of that. Sure, that's a good one. But even more so than just about this defensive line, I'm not sure if Auburn has the linebacker personnel right now to be able to do this. Auburn ran nickel all year long. Auburn didn't have three linebackers on the field at any point. Name a third linebacker that played a substantial amount of playing time outside of Owen Pat Bowens and Kobe McClain. Yeah, I mean, K.J. Brick got injured, and Chandler Wooten opted out. We haven't really heard what his plan's going to be moving forward. We saw a little bit of Cam Brown. He was the next guy. And where's Steiner? You know, some of, some of the recruits that came in. Auburn's recruited linebacker very well. They did not use that personnel this past year. That's a big deal. Now, I don't know what some of these guys dealt with in terms of COVID or maybe injuries throughout the year because really mum was the word on that all year long. I mean, Nobody how many really true freshmen anything. do we see on defense anyway, though? I mean, sure. you, 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 saw, you saw 13. You saw Tennyson come in when Tut was out. But that was really, that was really it. Right. And so 
I'm concerned also about the linebackers because what's happening on the defensive line is a, is a huge scheme shift for them, but also what's happening at linebacker is a huge scheme shift also because gone maybe I say maybe, gone may be the days of a stand-up pass rush buck. I, I think over time we're going to see that phased out and maybe that fourth linebacker, and I think you've maybe have alluded to this over time, is that you could see that fourth linebacker be someone who's more has more of a tendency to drop back to, drop back into coverage. Yeah, they call that the stud position. And uh, at the NFL Combine, you'll see that referred to as an edge player. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, and Mason's done a good job of developing that. I guess that's Derek Hall next year if they choose to implement that immediately, and I think they will. I guess it's Derek Hall's favorite to be that guy. And that's if they do that, but... I don't know I think if they're there's gonna, anybody. I, I think they're going to have to. And and I also went back and looked at Vanderbilt's game notes from last year. I went back and found the most recent one that I could, and it was, I, I believe, for the Missouri game. And I looked at their depth chart, and this stuck out to me too. All four of their linebackers, which he's got a 3-4 set up on the depth chart, okay. all four of the linebackers were 240 pounds. Gross. And, I, I hate that. And, of course, you could have a buck that's 240 pounds. Of course, we've seen Auburn bucks be much larger than that. Carl Lawson was a lot larger than yeah. that. But that speaks the, more the to me. The buck I'm not worried about. Yeah. But the, as far as linebackers, like you need to be able to move laterally. Right. Like, that's tough. And so I think you're going to see larger linebackers in this scheme just based off of what we saw at Vanderbilt with them all being 240 pounds. It's like this is the defense that Deshaun Davis would have th- would have thrived in. Not to you're mention right. he already did thrive at Auburn. No, you're but right. But this was the scheme for Deshaun Davis to play inside linebacker. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at Zacoby and you look at Owen and it's like – they're Those, outside linebackers, probably. In this scheme, you got to think, but it's like, do you step up Owen Papo and like, is he the stud? Because he can pass rush. Sure. I'd love to see both of those guys be sent more, honestly, but these guys' roles are going to look real different if they go the 3 4. I think there's a real chance they stick with a 4 3 tendency on a lot of downs. Sure. And then you take one of those guys off and you run like a 4 2 5 type thing when you go to nickel. And it makes sense that Auburn would do that to give them time to recruit the personnel to be able to effectively install a new system, you know, two or three years down the line. Yeah. Right. Right. So we'll have to see. I think that's going to be a lot of fun, though. And then on the offensive side, I think you're just going to see a bunch of everything. I think you're going to see a bunch of different formations. I think you're going to see a bunch of different situations and really force defenders to make decisions as far as where they align and who they have in certain coverages whenever Auburn is in certain packages. And I love that. You know, when you and I hosted the lunch break a long time ago, I kept saying, like, okay, whatever you do offensively, you need to make college defenders make decisions over and over and over and over again because they make a hundred decisions even the good ones they're going to mess up four or five times that's just that's just how it is look at Ohio State in the national championship yep exactly exactly so that's a big part of it that's a big part of it and I look forward to seeing what Harson and Bobo do with that today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, it is the one place on the interwebs that we trust throughout the Locked On Podcast Network. Go to betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, the Browns are getting eight points against the Chiefs. That's your NFL team. You feel good <laughs> about is, it? Uh, probably not. No? <laughs> I'm you take the, you, take the, the you take the Chiefs to cover? Yeah. Yeah, I probably would too. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. No, we got a few minutes left to go here on on this uh, on this edition of Locked On Auburn. I want to get your thoughts on basketball just briefly because folks want to hear about Sharif Cooper. Obviously, his return was very exciting, very odd. The response and the the energy that Auburn fans had despite losing to arch rival Alabama, but that's just the kind of presence that Sharif Cooper has. I didn't catch myself when I was on my show saying this, but I don't. It's hard to say, but and if people are going to look at me like I have three heads. I don't know if it's too soon to say that Sharif Cooper may be the best guard to have played at Auburn. Wow. I know he's only played one game, but look, he's played one game, and we saw what it looked like. Yep. And that's after missing 70-something days of practice. That's after he really hasn't been able to practice with these guys that much. It's his first collegiate experience. And sure, he's not going to score 26 points and have nine assists every night. He'll bring that average down a little bit over time. Teams will key in on him. But here's the reality. What we saw in his debut – is that this guy, when his career is over with, maybe right, maybe not right now, he's not the greatest guard to have ever played at Auburn because Jared Harper and, and some other guys over the times have, have longer careers that hold them at that point. But when Sharif Cooper's time is done at Auburn, he will be the greatest guard to have ever walked through the doors at Auburn basketball. I mean, obviously, barring, you know, catastrophe with injuries and whatnot. But no, don't even say that, man. I know. Don't even say it. Why'd you, gotta, you say that? You've got to cover the bases, you yeah. know, and, and, and he will be, and Auburn will be a top 10 team next year in college basketball they'll fly in under the radar next year they won't even be a top 25 team probably to start the year off just because people aren't going to be even they're going to be out of sight out of mind going into next year and then they're going I, to I disagree tear it up. I think they'll be vote I think they'll be a preseason top 10 team next year really I do as, as that high I, I, do. I could see top 25 preseason but I, mean, I don't just know with, if I'll say preseason top 10 with what they're bringing in especially if Sharif Cooper comes back I, I could see sure. them being a top 10 team preseason next year and Auburn's built up the reputation I just know that there are so many other blue bloods and so many other teams with greater reputations than Auburn historically in basketball that teams are going to love or, or voters are going to love to put in that top 10 and people are going to be a little bit more hesitant with Auburn basketball to pull the trigger than they will be on voting for someone else. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll go with you top 25 Auburn basketball team, but still relatively under the radar compared to other major programs because Duke's always going to get the hype going into the season. And now what can I'm right now? You know, they're, they're barely in the top 25, barely beating Wake Forest, barely beating Boston College, barely wanting to play basketball, you know, now that they're having a tough year. Yeah. And so my, my thing is, there will always be those teams that will get more love than Auburn going into the top 25, whether that's right or not. But Auburn's going to be relatively under the radar going into next year, and they will end up as a top 10 team, whether that is a tournament finish amongst the last 10 or 8 teams in college basketball. But, you know, I think Sharif Cooper really has a chance with the guys coming in next year to take Auburn back to a Final Four when it's all said and done. Yeah, if Sharif, Sharif Cooper comes back next year, that'll be, a, that'll be a whole lot of fun. There's no question. Noah, thanks for doing this, man. What's uh, what's going on your show right now? 
Well, we're on ESPN 106.7 in the Auburn-Opelika area, and then we're also on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM, going up Highway 280 all the way to southern Birmingham. There's a big coverage area right there. Yeah. Many counties in Alabama that you can hear that show on the radio dial. That's from 2 to 4 p.m. on those two stations. You can also find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, those five locations. Or if you want to go check it out on, on the website, on RadioAlabamaSports.net. You can find it there. And then follow me on Twitter as well. I'm always putting out content all the time. If you want to follow me for Auburn Hot Takes, I love watching the NFL as well. You can catch any Cleveland Browns and stuff there. I mean, I'm all over the place. Video game content, all that good stuff wow. on my Twitter account. Everything. At Point Gardner. Point Gardner. Jaws, you good? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at <laughs> Intern Jaws. Uh, proceed with caution. <laughs> I'm not trying to get canceled. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should probably follow intern Jaws. You never know what he's going to say. So, all right. It's wild down there. It's wild. Yeah. You know, it's dangerous. Be safe out there, okay? I'll try. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Z Black. We show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.